Welcome to Monday Morning Murder in the News with Alyssa Carroll. Good morning, heathens, and happy Murder in the News Monday that I'm going to try to release every single Monday morning because the rest of the regular news is just hot, scary garbage, and you know you'd rather be hearing me and my bullshit anyway. So, as I always say, I've scoured the internet for the headlines so you don't have to. Happy commuting. Don't murder anyone this week. Here we go. So we have quite a few this week, actually. I was able to dredge up quite a bit. So our first one comes straight from CBS News, and the title is, A farmer found the body of a newborn girl in the trash in 1992. DNA has led to the arrest of the baby's parents. This article was from March 13, 2023. And it says the parents of a baby killed in 1992 are in custody after newly developed DNA evidence led investigators to them, state troopers said. A farmer in Mississippi looking to feed his animals found the infant's body on April 15, 1992. The body was found in a trash bin inside a bag wrapped in a towel with other garbage behind a local pizzeria, police said. Quote, I moved the towel and I says, oh my God, that's a little doll, end quote. The farmer told CBS affiliate WWL-TV back in 92. Quote, then I said, that ain't a doll, that's human flesh, and it turned me sick. I just got out and got my truck, drove to my house and called the authorities, end quote. So now an autopsy showed the baby was most likely born the morning on which it was found. It also revealed the baby was around three weeks premature and, quote, lived a few minutes before being smothered, end quote. The cause of death was determined to be perinatal asphyxia because of smothering and the case was classified as a homicide. Right, so the local police reopened the case in August 2021. With advanced DNA technology, officials were able to develop the first suspects, building profiles and fingerprints from preserved evidence. Inga Johnson Carrier, 50, of Avondale, and Andrew K. Carrier II, 50, of River Ridge, are facing charges of first-degree murder. They are being held without bond at the Jefferson Parish Correctional Facility and await extradition to Mississippi. It was unknown if either of them has an attorney who could speak on their behalf. Quote, Without documentation and evidence collected and preserved as well as it was in 92, this case would not have been solvable, end quote, police said in a statement. The investigation between the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation, Louisiana State Police, and the local police determined that the crime took place in Louisiana and the body was dumped in Mississippi. The unidentified infant was buried at Lee's Chapel Baptist Church with a headstone donated by the community that reads, Heaven's Angel. Quote, this breakthrough in the case is a testament to the advancements in forensic technology and the dedication of law enforcement agencies to bring justice to victims and their families, end quote, the state police said in a news release. 
Freddie Drennan, who was the police chief when the baby was found, told CBS affiliate WWL-TV that he never forgot about the case. Quote, as I tell people in law enforcement, you don't work these cases, you live them. And, you know, this is one of those cases that I had hoped all along that we would be able to put some closure to. End quote. So our next bit of news comes from People, and the title says, Minnesota man allegedly killed sex offender using moose antler. Fascinating. This was published on March 13, 2023. Authorities charged Levi Axtell, 27, with second-degree murder in connection with the death of a 77-year-old man. A Minnesota man who, allegedly, confessed to the brutal bludgeoning death of a convicted sex offender has been charged with second-degree murder, say authorities. According to court documents obtained by people, Levi Axtell was, quote, covered with blood, end quote, when he turned himself into police in Grand Moraines, Marais, Minnesota, sorry if I mispronounced that, on Wednesday. It's unclear if he has entered a plea to the charge. Axtell's defense attorney, Dennis Shaw, was not immediately available for comment. Authorities say Axtell, 27, allegedly arrived at the police station and admitted to driving to the home of a 77-year-old man, entering the victim's residence and hitting him over the head, quote, 15 to 20 times with a spade-style shovel that he allegedly found on his front porch, might I add. So Axtell allegedly said he finished him off by striking him on the head several times with a large moose antler, the documents state. While the documents referred to the victim as LVS, the Star Tribune identified him as Lawrence V. Scully. Citing the Cook County Sheriff, the outlet reports Scully was convicted of the sexual assault of a six-year-old girl in 1979. In 1982, he was released from prison. Court documents state Axwell believed Scully had, quote, sexually offended children in the past and observed him, quote, parked in his vehicle at locations where children were present and believed he would reoffend. end quote. According to the Tribune, Axtell is the nephew of former St. Paul Police Chief Todd Axtell. Quote, I love my nephew and my entire family, a family that has been deeply impacted by this heartbreaking incident, Todd Axwell told the paper. He said, quote, I'm also thinking about the amazing Grand Marais community during this difficult time. I have always believed in and supported the criminal justice system, a system that will now do what it's designed to do. So our next article comes from WHO13 out of Des Moines. This was posted March 14, 2023. Norwalk, Iowa. Court records show a Norwalk woman and her father admitted to police that a baby boy was still alive when they placed it in a trash bag before they disposed of the body in a rural ditch. Megan Stodd, 25, and her father, 64-year-old Rodney Stodd, 
hope I'm pronouncing that right, are each charged with first-degree murder for the death of the newborn last month. Police say Megan lied to them at first in their investigation before both she and her father admitted to their roles in the baby's death. According to an arrest report, co-workers of Megan contacted police on March 8th with concerns about her baby. She told police that she had given birth at home and that the baby died on the way to the hospital. She says she then buried the baby at the cemetery in Cumming, Iowa. But the police searched the cemetery, and they say they found no signs of a recent burial. Documents show that when authorities interviewed Rodney, this is her father, he told authorities that he returned home from work a few weeks prior and found his daughter had given birth. As he drove her and the baby to the hospital in Des Moines, the baby died, he claimed. He then placed the baby in a garbage bag and left the infant in a rural ditch, according to the report. <sighs> so authorities searched the area with a cadaver dog and recovered the remains of that newborn baby boy. In a subsequent interview with police on Monday, Megan told authorities that she had given birth to the boy at home on February 24th. She says she placed her son in a box and did not, quote, touch nor provide care to the baby, end quote, for two days as he cried in the box, according to the report. On February 26th, Megan says she and her father placed the baby in a garbage bag. The baby was still alive and moving when they closed the bag, according to the police, and stopped moving after several moments in the garbage bag. <sighs> mm, makes me so mad. Norwalk Police Chief Greg Staples told WHO 13 News, quote, Whenever a child dies, it's always difficult. It's terrible that it happened, end quote. You think? So he thanked investigators for efforts to recover the baby. Quote, standing out there in a snowstorm, looking through the woods and brush on the side of the road, those things aren't easy to do. End quote. So Staples concluded with a message for those in his community who are in mourning. Quote, take care of each other and offer assistance and do what you can do to help everybody live safe, happy, and healthy lives. Unfortunately, in this case, the help was available but wasn't taken, end quote. You see, Iowa's Safe Haven Act allows a parent or guardian to drop off an infant up to 90 days old at a hospital or health care facility. Fifty-eight children have been declared safe havens since the law began in 2002, Authorities do not know who the father of the child is at this time. Paternity tests are pending to determine fatherhood. Megan and her father are both due in court again on March 24th for a preliminary hearing. They are being held on $1 million bond each. So our next article comes from the New York Post, and it was posted March 14th, 2023. The title is Texas Mom Monica fatally stabbed screaming four-year-old son as grandma looked on. Charming. It goes on to say, a Texas mom was charged with fatally stabbing her four-year-old son in front of the boy's grandmother, 
who has also been charged in connection with the death, police and reports recently said. Monica has been charged with capital murder for the death of four-year-old Grayson. Her mother, Mary, has been accused of endangering a child, local news station CBS 19 reported. The Athens Police Department said that the grandmother called authorities to her daughter's street home around 6.40 a.m. and told police she feared her daughter had harmed Grayson. So police arrived to find Grayson's body, quote, inside the door, partially covered with a blanket. Henderson County Sheriff Bodie Hillhouse said investigators then learned the child had been dead for hours, according to CBS 19. So the grandmother allegedly told the police she saw her daughter on top of a blanket that had been rolled up and stabbing the fabric using a wood-handled knife. Quote, the grandmother heard the child screaming before she observed the mother cutting at the blanket and then she screamed, stop, end quote, according to the report. But the grandmother allegedly left her daughter after she threatened her. She reportedly called police when she returned the next day, guys. Grayson appeared to have died from injuries caused by an edged weapon, police said. Details regarding the results of an autopsy have not yet been released. The mother was ordered held on a $2 million surety bond record show. Her mother was ordered held on a $250,000 bond. Our next one is again from the New York Post, and it was published March 15th. Title is Massachusetts Resident Doctor Arrested for Alleged Child Porn Stash, Including Video of Young Patients. This ought to be good. So a Massachusetts resident doctor was busted by the feds for allegedly possessing thousands of child porn images and videos, including footage of young patients he cared for that were recorded with a bracelet. Dr. Bradford Farrick, 32 years old, was arrested last month after federal investigators uncovered dozens of devices allegedly containing the disturbing material during three separate searches of homes where he lived, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Massachusetts said Wednesday. During a February 13th search of Frederick's Winchester home, about 61 devices, including external hard drives, Computers, cell phones, hidden camera systems, and SD cards were seized by authorities. State investigators believe the items contained thousands of images and videos of child pornography, prosecutors said. Another search by state investigators of the same home four days later led to the discovery of another 11 devices that contained images and videos depicting child porn of victims between the ages of 6 and 11 years old. Then, in an additional search of a home Frederick was renting in Amherst on February 21st, investigators found eight more devices that included multiple hidden cameras and USB storage devices. 
one of the hidden cameras designed to be worn as a bracelet allegedly contained two recorded videos of Farrick giving medical exams to two minors, the U.S. Attorney's Office said. The minors, seemingly unaware they were being recorded, could be heard and even at times seen in the videos, investigators said. Quote, I can think of no greater fear as a parent or guardian than potential harm coming to your child. Today we allege that this doctor, who held a position of trust with access to children, maintained child sexual abuse material. End quote, said U.S. Attorney Rachel Rollins as she warned the investigation is ongoing. A website has been set up by the feds for the families that believe their child might have been victimized by Farrick. Quote, members of the public with questions, concerns, or any information pertaining to this doctor are strongly encouraged to contact the FBI via the provided form. As members of law enforcement, the safety of children is our highest priority. Together, in close cooperation with the medical facilities where Dr. Farrick was employed, we will do all that we can to identify the duration and scope of his alleged offenses and proceed accordingly and expeditiously. He was ordered to be held in custody Wednesday until a detention and probable cause hearing on March 21st, the Boston Globe reported. Farrick was charged with one federal count of possession of child pornography and could face as much as 20 years in prison if convicted. And our next one comes from CrimeOnline.com. This was posted March 17th, 2023, and the title says... Mom shows video of autistic tot giggling, smiling, before stepmother beat him dead and filmed the aftermath. The mother of a British tot found dead in 2021 shared the heartbreaking video of her two-year-old son during happier times before he was fatally beaten by his stepmother, who was convicted Wednesday for his death. As Crime Online previously reported, Leela Borrington was convicted of manslaughter at the Nottingham Crown Court, but acquitted on murder charges. Borrington, the prosecution said, abused her stepson, Harvey Borrington, who was nonverbal and autistic and couldn't tell his biological mother that Borrington had been abusing him. The jury heard from prosecutors how Borrington hit the victim over the head several times while babysitting him. She then recorded the victim as he lay on his right side, whimpering. So, you know, instead of calling for medical help, Borrington called the child's father at work, sent him the video, and texted, quote, Why does this happen to me? End quote. Borrington then called 999, which is... England's version of 911, and claimed Harvey, quote, fell backward from a chair, but medical expert testimony indicated that he died from, quote, direct blunt force trauma, end quote, caused by a repeated attack. An autopsy indicated that the victim had a fractured skull and brain bleeding. The prosecution said, well, she made no real attempt to assist him. Videos found on the defendant's phone showed her lifting the child's left arm while he lay on his side, then dropping his arm. 
She then continued filming him while he was unresponsive on the living room floor. Guys, paramedics rushed the child to Kingsmill Hospital in Mansfield, where he was later transferred to Nottingham's Queens Medical Center, where he passed away. After the stepmom's conviction, the baby's mother, Katie, released a video of the taut giggling and smiling. During Borington's trial earlier this week, the mother told the court that she couldn't bear to think of him lying on that floor with him dying and her filming him delaying getting medical help for him. It says in the months leading to his death, Borington attacked the toddler on at least two other occasions the court heard. The attacks left him with a broken arm and face injuries. The next one is from People, and it was published on March 17th, and it says, Inside the murder plot of a mom of quadruplets whose children were found covered in blood. A new true crime series from Law & Order creator Dick Wolf takes a deeper look at the brutal murder of 35-year-old Sheila Belush, Belush and the men behind it. So on November 7, 1997, dispatchers received a 911 call from a 13-year-old girl saying she returned home from school to find her mother brutally murdered in their Sarasota, Florida home. Authorities had no idea that the scene they'd also discover her two-year-old quadruplets covered in their mother's blood. This week's episode of CNBC's new true crime series, Blood and Money, focuses on the murder of 35-year-old Sheila Belouche, which took place in front of four of her six children and the murder-for-hire plot behind her death. Sheila, who became known as Quad Mom after birthing quadruplets with her second husband, Jamie Belouche, was at home with her two-year-olds when a man entered her home and shot and stabbed her to death. When her daughter arrived home later that day, she discovered her mother's lifeless body. Quote, my mom is dead, the 13-year-old cried to the dispatcher. She said, there's blood all over the phone and there's a cut on her neck. So authorities learned that a man, Jose Luis del Toro, was responsible for the vicious attack, but the investigation didn't end there. While looking for a link between the killer and Belouche, they learned that her ex-husband and the father of her two oldest children, millionaire Alan Blackthorne, was behind the murder. At the time of her murder, Blackthorne was angry over a custody dispute with his ex-wife. So Del Toro has pleaded guilty to murder and burglary charges, the Tampa Bay Times reported, and was sentenced to two life terms. Glad to hear that. We have another one here from Action News 5. This is coming out of Chicago. It was published on March 18th. The title says, Body of Missing Woman Found in Shopping Cart in Chicago. Yes, you heard that. It goes on to say, Chicago. Police say the body of a young woman who has been missing for months has been discovered wrapped and tied up in a shopping cart on Chicago's southwest side. Quote, I miss my baby, said Jose Lucio, who said he doesn't want to believe his missing daughter has been found dead. 
The family says the body of 21-year-old Rosa was found Wednesday in a shopping cart, wrapped in a white sheet, in an alley near 24th Place and Western Avenue on the city's southwest side. Quote, I don't know how they have the heart to do somebody like that, said the victim's mother, also named Rosa. The Cook County Medical Examiner will determine the cause of her death. Relatives say they identified her by the tattoos on her body. Quote, she was the party type. She was not trouble, end quote, said Juan, which is her brother. So home security camera video shows Rosa getting into a ride share in the 2800 block of South St. Louis Avenue. The family says she didn't take anything with her, including her coat or her ID. Quote, she said, I'll be back, Mom. I got the Uber ride there and the Uber ride back. That's what she told me, end quote. The elder Rosa said she didn't know where her daughter was going or who ordered the ride for her, but that Uber refused to say. Hmm. A spokesperson for the company said they don't release private information for privacy and policy reasons. Meanwhile, the family reported Rosa missing to Chicago police, but their concern turned to anger after they say authorities did little to help them. After months of searching and handing out flyers on their own, they hired their own private investigator. Quote, the cops said a crime had to be committed for them to do anything. This was Rose's boyfriend. So the gruesome discovery comes as a Guatemalan migrant was found shot to death in the same community last month. The grieving parents of Rosa struggle with their loss. Quote, other parents, watch your daughters more closely. Don't trust anybody. Chicago police say they are investigating. Meanwhile, community activists are offering a $15,000 reward for information leading to an arrest and conviction in this case. I think I've got two more for you. This comes from the Blaze.com, Blaze Media. It was published March 18, 2023. It says California man allegedly busted with 900 child porn images after wife found hidden camera, then turned him into police because she is a rock star. So a California man was arrested for having more than 900 child pornography images in his possession, according to police. The man was turned into the police by his wife after she allegedly found a hidden camera inside a bathroom at the couple's home. On March 18th, the wife found a hidden camera in the bathroom of their house. She confronted her husband about this hidden camera. The husband reportedly admitted that he knew about the secret surveillance camera but vowed to remove and throw away said camera. The wife took the camera and hard drive to the authorities because she feared that her husband, quote, had nefariously recorded their young children using the bathroom, end quote. High-tech crimes detectives conducted a preliminary forensic analysis of the hard drive and said they found more than 900 images of child pornography images and videos on this device. Quote, the videos showed children and adults using the bathroom who did not appear to know that they were being recorded. 
Ryan Rovito, 34, was arrested on Tuesday during a traffic enforcement stop after detectives obtained a warrant. Rovito was charged with possession of child pornography and the surreptitious recording of an identifiable person who was undressed. He was booked at the Shasta County Jail. Rovito has since been bailed out of jail. Hmm. So if that name sounds familiar, anyone with information regarding the accusations against Rovito is asked to contact the Reading Police Department at 530-225-4200. And then our final news article comes from NBCNews.com from the U.S. News. It was posted on March 18th. And the headline says, Oklahoma man sentenced to life in prison for killing four-year-old uncle and woman whose heart he cut out and cooked. And we all love a little bit of cannibalism, don't we? So Lawrence Paul Anderson, 44, also pled guilty to one count of assault and battery with a deadly weapon and one count of maiming for stabbing his uncle's wife and gouging out her eye, according to court documents. An Oklahoma man who was released early from prison and weeks later admitted to killing a four-year-old girl, his uncle, and a woman whose heart he cut out and cooked was sentenced to life in prison on Wednesday, according to court documents. Also according to court documents, Lawrence Paul Anderson, 44, admitted to fatally stabbing Andrea Lynn Blankenship, his uncle Leon Pye, 67, and his uncle's four-year-old granddaughter, Caius Yates, I think I pronounced that right, on or about February 9th, 2021, in Chickasha, Oklahoma. Anderson had been released early from prison on January 2021. Anderson also admitted to injuring his aunt, Delcy Pye, by stabbing her and gouging out one of her eyes. Authorities say Anderson brought Blankenship's heart to his aunt and uncle's house, cooked it, you know, with potatoes, and tried to serve it to them before killing his uncle, wounding his aunt, and killing the pair's granddaughter. Anderson pleaded guilty on Wednesday to three counts of murder in the first degree, one count of assault and battery with a deadly weapon, and one count of maiming, which reduced his sentence from death to five counts of life in prison and three without parole. Anderson's attorney did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Anderson had been sentenced in 2017 to 20 years in prison for probation violations on a drug case, the Oklahoman reported. Republican Governor Kevin Stitt commuted the sentence last year to nine years in prison, and Anderson was released after serving a little more than three years. Grady County District Attorney Jason Hicks criticized the criminal justice reform that led to the release of hundreds of Oklahoma inmates. Quote, it is time that we do better, Hicks said. If we have the highest incarceration rate in the world, okay, we can look at our citizens and be honest with them and tell them that you're safe. I can't tell the people in my district today that they're safe. End quote. And my children, that is all I have for you for Monday Morning Murder in the News. I hope your commute was safe and happy and you got to work safe and sound. Have your coffee. 
Try to be nice to your coworkers and let's rock this shit, okay? Love you guys. Bye.